When he was born, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck um, and he lost oxygen for seconds, seconds. That's just so amazing that a few seconds can change your life forever. Lynn Wilkerson's son, Isaac, has special needs. So she knows firsthand how families managing cognitive disabilities can struggle with frustration, fatigue, and loneliness. In her role as special needs minister at an Atlanta area church, Lynn shows God's love to families that are looking for acceptance and compassion. Isaac is my reason for doing this, honestly. I mean, I didn't know anything about special needs didn't really pay attention to disabilities in life. I think lots of people do that. In fact, a lot of churches struggle to embrace people with special needs. In this new GPS series, More Than Our Abilities, we'll introduce you to five people who are shining a light on how the church can serve all people. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. You're listening to part one of a five-part series for the month of November. This is GPS, God, People, Stories an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. A little later in the episode, you're going to hear a challenge from Billy Graham. Have you cared for the aged, the handicapped, the blind, the alcoholic, the morally fallen with your love and concern? Who is your neighbor? What is your responsibility to your neighbor? Billy Graham will have the answer to those last couple of questions in just a few minutes. First, we want to ask you to subscribe to GPS on your favorite podcatcher so you don't miss the next episode in this series. Just search for the full name of the podcast, GPS, God, People, Stories. We also want you to remember this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's a place where you can ask spiritual questions, learn about God's love for you, and even chat with one of our trained volunteers 24-7. The address again is findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. I grew up in Hueytown, Alabama, so it's on the west side of Birmingham. Lynn Wilkerson was the youngest of four children. Her parents loved Jesus and made him the very center of their home. Church was a huge part of our family. My mom and dad were very strong Christians, and I grew up in a very small church. I had a fantastic youth minister when I was in middle school and played a huge part in my life. Lynn accepted Christ and got baptized when she was nine years old, and when it was time for college, she chose a Christian school. The summer before her senior year there, Lynn worked at Ridgecrest. That's a Christian conference center near Asheville, North Carolina, not far from Billy Graham's home. This was in the 80s. So back in the day, it was it was happening. So they had summer staff there and we had dorms that we lived in. Yeah, that was that was super cool. That's where Lynn sensed that God was calling her to ministry. When she went back to college that fall, a group of pastors from the area came to recruit students to work at their churches. One of those pastors caught Lynn's attention. And he said, and by the way, if anyone's interested in doing youth ministry at our church, come see me afterwards. And I felt like a football player. I was going to tackle anyone that got to the preacher before me because I wanted that job. Lynn's enthusiasm paid off and she got the job. 
That was the best job ever. After a couple of years in that role, Lynn decided she wanted to go to seminary in order to be a better youth minister. She chose Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. That's where she got her master's degree in religious education in 1992. Then it was time for Lynn to find her next church job. She headed back east to Johnson Ferry Baptist Church in Marietta, Georgia, just north of Atlanta. She did middle school ministry there for the next 12 years. Lynn married her husband, Tommy, when she was in her mid-30s. The following year, they had their first child, Emily. And then I thought I was, you know, done with ministry. I was really excited about being a stay-at-home mom. And so at 36, I thought, you know, my time in ministry's done. And so Emily was born in 2004, and then Isaac, my son, was born in 2006. So... I was a stay-at-home mom for a little bit and and loved doing that. Then the financial recession of 2008 hit. My husband owns a window business. And so in 2008, we were praying that we were going to stay in the black and not go under. Really hard times there. So I felt like I should kind of help. Tommy out. So I started cleaning houses with a friend of mine. Cleaning houses helped pay the bills, but it wasn't Lynn's dream job. Several years in on a particularly difficult day, she found herself praying to God about his plans for her. I remember a conversation I had with the Lord as I was cleaning somebody's house that had six cats and I'm allergic to cats and I really wasn't enjoying my job. And I'm like, God, you know, this is great, and I really appreciate, you know, you providing for our family. But if there's if there's something else, then, you know, just come on with it. Uh, that would be great. Around that time, Thomas told Lynn about a job opening for a special needs minister at their church. Lynn didn't think the demands of a ministry job would work for that stage of her life. By now, she had two children to take care of. And by that time, she and Tommy had noticed there was something going on with their son, Isaac. You know, early on, looking back, I know now that there were some signs that something was going on, but I didn't know that at the time. Isaac never crawled as a baby. He was almost two before he learned to walk and three before he started talking. And when I would share my concerns with family and my sisters who are older and had kids, they were like, oh, he's just a boy. Boys are slower. I mean, they had an excuse for everything. And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like something is missing. Something, Something's not right. And he was a mystery child for the longest time. We got involved with some um, an organization that helped us to try to find a diagnosis. Isaac's developmental delays were traced back to the day he was born. When he was born, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck and he lost oxygen for seconds, seconds. That's just so amazing that a few seconds can change your life forever. But that's what happened. And they whisked him off and started working with him. And they made my husband and I very nervous. I was like, is he okay? Is he okay? And... It wasn't very long where they came back and they were like, he's fine. And they gave him back to me to hold. And I was so excited. Later, when Lynn and Thomas learned the cause of Isaac's developmental delays, it was hard to figure out what kinds of therapy would be helpful. 
So he grew up. There were very, some very frustrating times. My husband and I didn't know what we were doing. Therapies, they're getting better. Insurance is covering more things. But at the time, you know, they didn't pay for a whole lot of things. And we're just like, are we just throwing our money and is this going to help or not? It was, it was some very frustrating times. Today, Isaac is 16 years old and in the 10th grade. He's active in church and has lots of friends. In fact, he even helped lead one of them to a relationship with Jesus Christ. But cognitively, Isaac is on a third grade level. So he's high functioning. He, you know, can handle life skills to, you know, a pretty good degree. But will he ever live on his own? Probably not. So so he's, he's the inspiration for the ministry. That ministry is called Shine. It's a name that Lynn gave. She did end up taking that special needs minister job her husband had mentioned when she was cleaning houses. She accepted the position at Johnson Ferry Baptist in 2015, and she is still there today. Isaac is my reason for doing this, honestly. I mean, I didn't know anything about special needs, didn't really pay attention to disabilities in life. I think lots of people do that. Let's take a minute to talk about special needs and the church. Here's something we learned while working on this podcast. Children with special needs are far less likely to go to church than children who don't have a disability. And sadly, there's story after story from parents who had deeply disappointing, if not just outright heartbreaking experiences with churches. Here are just three examples, which were collected recently by our friends at Focus on the Family. When you said the new building would be a blessing, we celebrated with you. Then... We showed up to find a large set of concrete stairs was the only way to get from the children's ministry to the sanctuary. Instantly, we felt fear and heartbreak for our son, who's in a wheelchair. You told me the only place my children could go during the service was a small, dark room dedicated to people with disabilities, birth to senior citizen. That sent a message. You see people with disabilities as a blemish that must be hidden away on Sundays. We went to sign our daughter up for Vacation Bible School, but were told that she couldn't come because of her Down syndrome. Even though Jesus let the little children come to him, you don't think that applies to children with an extra chromosome. Rather than deal with discrimination and heartbreak, many families just stay home on Sunday. Others go to church, but spend the whole time taking care of their family members with special needs in a separate room a room where they can't fully participate in the service or experience fellowship with the congregation. It takes a lot for a family that knows that their child might have a meltdown, a temper tantrum, or medical needs that not a lot of people understand. It takes a brave family to want to come to church or either a desperate family to where no one has answers. So let's turn to God now for some answers. When a family with special needs does come to church, they need support, understanding, and compassion. And those are the things Lynn and her team try to provide at Johnson Ferry. One of the main ways they accomplish that is through a buddy system. Adults and children with special needs can choose to have a volunteer buddy to help them along on Sundays. So many times people get really freaked out and scared that they're going to do something or you're going to break them or, you know, and there are some medical conditions that are serious. I'm not downplaying that at all. But a lot of times you just need to have compassionate people 
that our patient, I mean, really, how long is a church service? I mean, an hour, an hour and a half at the most. I mean, you're two hours at a church. I just, that's, that's doable. So we started making, you know, Sunday mornings a priority, helping families get in here. I recruited some buddies. In most cases, the buddies don't need to be healthcare professionals. They just need to be people with a heart to serve. I would say most of the buddies that I have, even to this day, are not professionally trained. I have one or two that might be therapists or previously taught. But for the most part, it's just I train them so that they know how to work with special needs. But I'm just looking for someone that has a compassionate heart that will be patient and just love on these families so that they can hear from God and develop a relationship with him. And whenever possible, people with special needs are included in Sunday classes at Johnson Ferry, along with others in their age group. So they have a buddy and it's just the kiddos that I have right now, they are pretty high functioning. So They are able to go to a class and participate with a buddy's help. And if that's going to help a family come to church so that they can hear about God, hear the truth, and depend on Him for all their needs, then that's what we're going to do. Lynn's Church also offers specialized classes for teens and adults with special needs, and they try to be mindful of other ways they can be helpful. Oftentimes, it's something as simple as having smaller class sizes or avoiding flashy lights and loud music. Every church that I've met that have a special needs ministry, they all do something different. So you just got to figure out what's the best thing for your group and then go for it. Serving people with special needs takes some intentional thinking, some volunteers, and oftentimes, yes, some money. Lynn would say it's worth every penny to make sure none of God's children are left behind. And she has seen God move through Shine Ministry. Here's one quick story about a girl named Julia who has autism and communicates with a device called a letter board. When we first started, we provided a Christmas Eve special needs service because so many times if they tried to go to a Christmas Eve service, their kids couldn't hang with it or they made noises and they felt like they were disturbing people or people would turn around and stare, and they felt really uncomfortable. So I thought in the beginning, let's provide a service where they d- it's a comfortable environment. It, no one's going to stare at you. We all get it. It'll be fine. Julia's family was driving by Johnson Ferry Baptist and spotted the date and time for the special needs service on the marquee. Now, they hadn't been to the church, but they decided to check out that Christmas Eve service. And when they saw that Julia would be accepted and supported at the church, they showed up again. And again, her mom got into a Bible study, was cooking one night, and she would tell Julia about what she was studying from the book of John, and Julia loved it. And so that's when she told her mom, Mom, I have accepted Christ, and I want to talk to Lynn because I want to be baptized. And so that was just, that was one of my highlights of this ministry is just knowing Julia You can tell that Lynn enjoys her job as a special needs minister. She says a lot of people don't know how to interact with people who have special needs. But those who take the time to try come away oftentimes rewarded. I really like hanging out with them. You know, they have sense of humor. They're funny. They're fun. 
most of them are easy going. They might have some conditions that we have to kind of take care of, but most of them just love life and just want to have a good time. And they don't care how old you are in getting involved with them. They could care less about that, honestly. They're not affected by peer pressure or anything like that. So, you know, to hang out with somebody that feels that way, you know, becoming friends with them is really awesome. And then then the ultimate is to serve in ministry alongside people with special needs and disabilities and just seeing them as another person, you know, accepting them for who they are and knowing that God has gifted them and that you get the opportunity to serve with them in a ministry. Lynn Wilkerson and her team are motivated to love people with special needs because that's exactly what Jesus did. And if you'd like to know more about Jesus, we hope you'll visit our website. The address is findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. We are about to hear a quick word from Billy Graham, and then we'll have a simple but very important word from Lynn about how we should refer to people who have special needs. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Have you cared for the aged, the handicapped, the blind, the alcoholic, the morally fallen with your love and concern? Who is your neighbor? What is your responsibility to your neighbor? Billy Graham. Jesus gave the answer. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. In the modern world of technology, the whole world suddenly becomes our neighbor. Now, Jesus is interested in you as an individual. He sees the sparrow when it falls, he said, and he has the hairs of your head numbered, and he sees you as an individual. He loves people. Behold how he loved him. Greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You have wounds tonight and hurts tonight and pressures tonight and sins tonight. Christ can touch your life and make you new and give you eternal life. And then you will have the strength and the ability to go out and be a neighbor to those that you should be a neighbor to. Did you know that we now have a 24-hour prayer line? You can call anytime you want to speak with a real person about your real questions, be they spiritual in nature or perhaps your prayer requests or questions about knowing Jesus Christ and making him Lord and Savior of your life. Call us, whatever the reason, whatever the time, at 855-255-PRAY. That's 855-255-PRAY. You've been hearing from Lynn Wilkerson. She is the special needs minister at Johnson Ferry Baptist Church in Marietta, Georgia. Lynn didn't know much about special needs until her son experienced developmental delays. Since then, she's learned that the way we talk about special needs matters a lot. For instance, referring to someone as an autistic child versus a child who has autism. That may not sound like a big deal, but Lynn says using the second version is by far the best way to go. When you speak of someone, always say a child with special needs or an individual with special needs, an adult with special needs, because they are a person first and then they have special needs. So that's just super important so that they're not tagged from the get go with a disability, that they're a person first. You know, there, there are lots of different terms that people use, but I just try to keep it simple. And so I will say so that you can be a part of a typical 
class instead of a normal class, you know, because what's normal? I mean, no one's normal. So just saying a typical class and inclusion is, you know, you include them. We give God thanks that Lynn has included us in her story by sharing about her family and her church here on GPS. And you know, we have four more stories for you this month in our series, More Than Our Abilities. And we do hope you'll subscribe to GPS so you don't miss next week's new episode. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. This is GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.